Coupe de Thrill, shining headlights on the road less traveled. The podcast about thrilling careers and exotic lifestyles, how you might go about pursuing them, and inspiring stories from the driven individuals who have been there, done that. I'm your host, Chad Herman. Let's take a ride. Welcome to the show. I am overlooking Santa Barbara from the mountains above in the Los Padres National Forest. Uh, Camped here overnight, got tired of paying $35 a night, which I thought was the the most expensive camping rate in California, until I discovered that uh, as you get down to Southern California, you run into $70 and up campsites. So pretty ridiculous. I wasn't gonna pay that just to park my van and sleep in it. So as I was doing in Colorado and most of the trip, worked my way into the National Forest, which fortunately is very close here in Santa Barbara. I just worked my way up to a road called uh, Camino Cielo, so Road to the Sky which holds true to its name pretty steep in the van trying to get up here but i'm sure it's going to be an epic motorcycle ride after i get done recording here so once again this week is going to be another road journal from my road trip across the nation a road trip that was meant to uh, inspire people by interviewing the most inspiring people that i've met in my life But as you know, if you've listened to last week, uh, my laptop, my hard drives, all that stuff got stolen while I was eating in Portland. So this is what we're stuck with for now. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to start off right where we left off. So last time I talked to you guys, I was talking about how I got to ride with my good buddy Corey West out in the Ozarks in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which was amazing. Um, from there, you know, I departed Corey's. He had to leave out on a big, uh, he's always got cool opportunities. So he left out to do a big Moto Guzzi ride across Arkansas that he was going to lead. So I had some breakfast with, uh, his, his dad, Denton and Corey. And then I headed off to check out Eureka Springs, which is just an amazing town. It's nestled right in the Ozarks, and the town is like multi-layered, almost like a, I don't want to say a cake because it's not like that, but uh, I'll put it to you this way. I was reading a sign there in town that says they have 240 streets, and there are no direct cross streets. So everything is either going up or at a weird angle. They've got a couple flat iron buildings throughout the city. Uh, really small town, but just really unique. Uh, never been anywhere like it. Lots of rock bluffs that they had incorporated into the buildings. So a little bit of natural architecture there, which was really cool. Uh, just kind of cruised around there for a bit. 
And then on the way out, I had been seeing these signs for different caves around the area, which I know there are great caves in Arkansas. I have some friends who work in Mountain View. I think that's Blanchard Springs. I'm probably, probably not saying that correctly, but I know there are some epic caves there. So I figured, uh, let's give one of them a go. So I had the choice. I could go out of the way about, you know, 30 minutes to uh, one called Cosmic Caverns. But I figured I keep seeing this one that's right in town called Onyx Cave. I'll check it out. So I cruised over there, paid. I read online it was like six or seven dollars. When I got there, it was really like twelve, and I was already a little skeptical. Uh, but went ahead and paid my twelve dollars, and what a waste of time! So the whole cave was like two rooms. And the only cool thing to look at was the only cool picture on the, the little sign or the brochure. So can't recommend Onyx Caves. I have no idea how Cosmic Caverns is. It looked like it was a lot better. Uh, but if you're ever in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, do not go to Onyx Cave. It is a waste of time. But I headed out from there, um, convinced that I was gonna make it, you know, all the way to Colorado eventually. But on the way, I had to stop in Walmartville, right? I'm so close to Bentonville, Arkansas, which is the home of Walmart. So I had the intentions to go to Crystal Bridges. So Crystal Bridges is a, supposedly an amazing art museum. Is one of the daughters of the Walton family that got really into collecting art. And you can imagine they have pretty much unlimited money. So I was expecting it to be one of the best museums I had ever been to in the world. Well, unfortunately, I believe I headed out on a Tuesday and that's the day that they had chosen for Crystal Bridges to be closed every week. So didn't get to go to Crystal Bridges. So I just stocked up at Walmart in Bentonville I just figured I had to do it, you know, but I needed supplies anyways. Kind of cruised around the town square. Didn't have time to do any mountain biking, which I hear is just incredible there. The Walton family has dumped tons of money into making it a mountain biking destination, so that's pretty neat. Uh, and headed on. So hit the road. Uh, decided I had wanted to see some friends in Oklahoma City but that was gonna be quite a bit out of the way. So I ended up going through Missouri to Kansas and trucked it across both of those states. No real stops, unfortunately. You know, didn't really get to check out those states, but I made it all the way to the Colorado line before I stopped. There was a rest stop just on the other side of the Colorado line, so I stopped there. Uh, didn't wanna unload the bike and deal with all that. So it's the first time on the trip and the only time, but I just kind of squeezed between the bike and the wall. So I moved some stuff around and was just shoved between the, uh, the chain, which I came to find out had left chain grease all over my sleeping bag. What a dumb idea. Um, and squeezed in there, woke up in the morning and I was just about to head out, had the car started and everything. And then this girl came up and started chatting with me. Turned into a two hour conversation is this woman, Maggie, who is actually a sheriff in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. 
coolest sheriff I've ever met in my life. We talked about life. We talked about all kinds of things. Uh, a lot of things that you would not expect a cop to get into even, which was pretty cool. Just uh, only in Colorado, you know, can you talk about stuff like, like drugs with a cop. Um, so chatted with Matt. Maggie, she actually had some of that Four Sigmatic uh, mushroom coffee that Joe Rogan's always advertising. I've always wanted to try it. So we had a little mushroom coffee and sat there and chatted. And that ended up going on for about an hour and a half, two hours. She had just gotten back from a month-long road trip, is an intrepid traveler herself, has been all over the world. She's like 37 years old, single, and just still doing her thing, you know, uh, living out of her car if she has to. She was just on a big road trip or she was just sleeping in her car. And just a really cool person. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't line up later on in the trip. I was hoping when I came through Steamboat, she'd be around for a cup of coffee. Uh, but she was still out and about on her road trip. So finally hit the road, headed on to Colorado Springs. So... <clears throat> Colorado Springs, what I wanted to do there is, I've always been infatuated, not always, but for a while with the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, and I thought it'd be really cool after just talking to Corey West, interviewing him about riding an electric motorcycle at Pikes Peak, I thought it'd be really cool uh, to go there and ride it myself. So I've always wanted to ride the course, unfortunately they don't race motorcycles there, the year that Corey was racing, uh, a guy who was kind of a legend there, Carlin Dunn, he would have been, I think he would have won his sixth Pikes Peak uh, road race or hill climb, whatever you want to call it. But unfortunately, he crashed in the very last corner. I think there's something like 156 corners, and he crashed in the last corner and died from his injuries. So they just nixed the motorcycle race completely at that point for the foreseeable future i'm hoping they make some safety improvements and they bring it back uh, but i got to go ride it i was fortunate you know i i've always heard that it can be just like you know bumper to bumper slow slow traffic but i actually got a, a pretty good open run on the way up Kind of the same on the way down. I had to do a little waiting on the side of the road to let people get out of the way. Um, but got some pretty good runs up and down Pikes Peak, which was really cool. And by that time, it was already nearing the end of the day. So day, you know, the nighttime has been my enemy. It seems like I always run out of daylight on this trip as it's starting to go into fall and winter. Um, so getting towards the end of the day i had a buddy from manitou springs so asked him where i should camp you know so i headed into manitou springs which is a really neat little town grabbed some indian food and then i worked my way over to rampart range road which is just inside garden of the gods you go inside garden of the gods you go past these big red rocks balancing rock and then you just hit a dirt road headed up into the mountains. So I hit the dirt road there, uh, worked my way up until I got to this awesome corner that overlooked Colorado Springs. It was starting to get dark at that point, so I was just overlooking the city lights there. Uh, 
had an incredible moonrise pop up over the city lights which was amazing so had a pretty awesome spot um right at a little turnout didn't have any issues there just kind of um i think in national forest but but maybe not uh just, it's just kind of a big in-between area there between the national forest and garden of the gods i'm pretty sure i was out of the park but in the national forest so went on a little rip in the morning on the motorcycle down that same road just kind of checking out the mountains around there and then we loaded up so i loaded up the bike and we were heading on towards the San Juans. So the San Juans were one of the main things on the trip that I was really, really looking forward to seeing. I had always heard amazing things about Telluride, Ure, Silverton, that whole area. And there's so much more than that that I didn't get to explore. Um, you know, I've heard great things about Durango, Cortez, you know, Dolores, that, that whole area is just supposed to be amazing. Um, I was really bummed because on the way out there, I was trying to make this deadline. Like when I was in Arkansas, I would have had to have drove all the way through the night to the San Juans to make it. But I had some friends who were talking about hiking Chicago Basin, which is in the San Juans. It's a hike where you take a train up to the trailhead from Durango and then you can summit four 14,000 foot peaks in, in the matter of a couple days. So pretty cool hike. Unfortunately, it didn't line up, which made me, I'm bummed that those guys didn't make it, but uh, I'm also, you know, I've got major fear of missing out. So I would have been bummed if they did it just a day or two before I arrived, but uh, it didn't work out there. So. I'm trucking along towards the San Juans and it's starting to get dark and I notice signs along the road saying that the highway that I'm on is going to close for the night at I think 7.30 or something like that. And I'm right at that vague point where I'm like, ah, oh, if I really haul right now, then I might make it. But I tried, I hit the road construction. It was a pilot car thing, so it is all day long, but then they closed it at a certain point for the night. But it was just taking too long. I had just passed a campsite at a place um, called Lake Fork, which is right around the start, I found out, of something that I had never even heard of. So the Black Canyon, of Gunnison National Forest is absolutely incredible I would find out and so I turned around from the the road construction went and got me a campsite cooked some dinner and the next morning I went out for a little ride on the motorcycle I said you know I saw this really cool looking road on the map I should check it out looks like it runs beside the river um, and good god am I glad I did oh my god probably one of the most amazing views I had ever seen. I think the, the spot was called Pioneer's Point. And I rode up and I was just stunned. I mean, just these jagged peaks and walls leading canyon with the river down in the bottom. 
it was just amazing. So I felt like I should have continued on, but I really needed to, to keep making progress towards the San Juans. But then I met some locals there at, uh, at Pioneer's Point who convinced me that, oh, well, you just passed Gunnison 20 miles ago. And if you, you go up from there, you can go to Crested Butte. It's like one of the prettiest spots in the state. And I had debated it when I saw it on the map because I've always heard of Crested Butte and how cool of a town it is, how epic the mountain is. It's actually not connected to any other mountain range, but rather a monolith. So kind of like those mountains you picture like Mount Fuji, you know, uh, Mount Hood, just those standalone mountains. Uh, that's what Crested Butte is. And awesome little town little mountain town i hope that place never loses its vibe i worked my way up there you know backtracked to gunnison up to crested butte i hung out for just a little bit i wish i would have had more time because i really wanted to ride the motorcycle to a place called tin cup which is just like one of the most remote little towns out there in colorado like an old little mining town or something like that but didn't have time I had to keep moving, so I took Kebler Pass over to Delta from Crested Butte. So just like a mainly gravel road, uh, about two hours in the van on gravel, all the way over to Delta. Uh, is interspersed, you know, every once in a while you get some asphalt, but a lot of gravel road. Really gorgeous views. Drop down into Delta, work my way south through Montrose, and on into Telluride. So, got to Telluride right before the sun was setting, right at the golden hour. And oh my god, what a setting for a mountain town. I had always been told, Chad, don't go to Telluride unless you're ready to not come home. Unless you're ready to stay. And I totally see what people mean. I don't think I could afford it there. Is uh, I don't know if it was the event that was going on or if that's just Telluride in general nowadays, which I don't think it was back in the day. Like I had some friends show me some old school videos of what it was like back in the day. And it wasn't quite the bougie place it is now. But they were having a car show and like a wine festival going on. So, you know, lots of Porsches and winos. So you can imagine what the vibe was there. I actually cruised around town for, for quite a while, just walking around, taking pictures of cars with that epic backdrop of the San Juans in the background. You know, there were some great old Porsches. I think it was the first time, even though I work at the Porsche Experience Center, um, I had never seen a lot of these rare old Porsches out in the wild. So it's pretty cool to, to see that, but I couldn't get into anywhere for dinner. Everywhere was closed for private events or just wasn't too apt to sit me down as one person at a table. So I didn't feel welcomed in Telluride, so I ended up just heading south. Uh, I was gonna try to camp somewhere called Alta Lakes which I found out was a pretty gnarly uh, like 4x4 road getting up there. Um, so ended up scratching that, you know, scrambling to, scrambling to find another campsite and ended up going to Priest Lakes. So Priest Lakes, 
didn't have too level of ground. I was kind of, you know, late to the game that first night. So I ended up having to park on this really rocky area. The van was all uneven. I was like, you know, rolling all the way to the in, inside corner of the van because it was all on level. So that first night wasn't too ideal, but that's all right. It was a great spot. Priest Lakes wasn't super pretty, but it did, you know, provide that reflective uh, shot of those beautiful yellow aspen trees on the water in the morning. And I went around the corner to another lake, which was like one of the prettiest lakes I had ever seen up until this trip. Um, so went over to Trout Lake. I'm just taking some pictures, checking it out. Don't really have anything on me on the bike. But I meet this older gentleman on a CRF 250 rally who looks like he's about to head out for the day. So he apparently is just out taking his trash out. But he, you know, was about to head out for a big day on the bike. I told him that I was, you know, trying to ride, but I had no plan for the day. And I said, your plan sounds as good as any. So I said, let me run back, get some stuff on the bike, get dressed, and we'll roll out. So John Goodwin, Godwin, John Godwin was the gentleman that I that I met. He's just kind of cruising around. He, he had a camper in the back of his Tacoma, you know, like the truck bag camper, and had his trailer with his motorcycle, and he just been in, he had already been in the San Juans for, I think, two weeks, had like another week before he had to head back to San Antonio, so uh, much more familiar with the area than me, not a super fast rider, but he was very understanding of the fact that I wanted to rip and it was good for both of us to have a safety net, right? So when you're out there in the middle of nowhere, which the San Juans are, especially when you're riding around Rico, Dolores, all that stuff, uh, it's just nice, especially at the pace I like to go on those kind of roads, to have someone there in case something happens. So he was a great riding buddy. We had a fantastic time riding these roads. I think I pushed him out of his comfort zone just a little bit, Took him down a couple of trails that he may not have gone down by himself, but I think he enjoyed it. And we just had an awesome day. You know, went to some awesome lookouts. Uh, probably the pretty one of the prettiest spots was at the San Juan bicycle hut system. So there's like a series of six huts that you can rent out in order to do like a giant multi-day mountain bike ride around the San Juans. So uh, stopped by and talked to some bikers who are just getting in from their long day and looked at the overlook. I ended up heading out, so rain looked like it was on the horizon. I had left my solar panel and my battery at the campsite out, you know, exposed to the elements so I was kind of freaking out it's kind of starting to get dark and I felt bad about it but John said hey man you're a lot faster than me just go on back and when I get back I'll uh you know I'll collect my stuff up and I'll come over to your campsite so I hauled on and I got back to the campsite unloaded everything cooked some dinner and I'm just worried about John I'm like man I hope this you know he's like 62 years old 
I'm like, really hope he makes it out of there. So he makes it out, meets me at my campsite, everything's all good. And we decide that the next day we're gonna ride over to Ure and then figure it out from there. So John decides to ride over to Ure with me, which is a much more chill town. So it's not quite bougie yet, like Telluride. It's just on the other side of the San Juan Mountains. So Ridgeway is kind of that fork point where you would go to Telluride or go to Ure. So we worked our way over there. Um, once we were in Ure, we just kind of cruised around a bit. And I think, you know, John was pretty sore from the day before, not a young buck like me. So he wasn't too willing to do any off-road that day. But I said, hey, let's take the million dollar highway down to Silverton, go grab some lunch. So that was the deal. We rode the million dollar highway down to Silverton, which has got to be like one of the most remote towns in Colorado. It's an old mining town deep in the San Juans. Uh, went and got some pizza and I drank a beer there. And then we worked our way back. When we worked our way back, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty chilly. I dressed for what it was like when we left for the day, which it was pretty hot in Ure. But coming over those mountain passes, I was already chilly on the way there. I knew it was going to be kind of miserable on the way home. So on the way home, same kind of deal. John's like, hey man, if you want to go faster, go for it. And I was still trying to hit up Yankee Boy Basin. So, uh, you know, daylight was running out. So I headed out, hauled down the highway. I got to Yankee Boy Basin, which I really know, knew nothing about other than some guy on a four-wheeler the day before said, oh, have you been over to Yankee Boy Basin? It's beautiful. You, you can't miss it. So worked my way over there, and I start working my way up the trail, which actually starts to turn pretty loose and steep and kind of gnarly, and it's looking pretty darn rainy. So working my way up I'm probably about three quarters up this hill or mountain really and so a car comes by and they say hey you know it's it's raining cats and dogs up in the basin like I probably wouldn't continue if I were you so I heed their word I head back to town and go to the brewery go chill at Ure Brewing had a couple good beers and they tell me that the local hot springs are actually open at night, the Orvis Hot Springs, and they're to die for. So I slap a sticker up at URA Brewing. Actually, I don't slap a sticker up until the next morning, but I, I note to myself, like, hey, you've hardly posted any stickers on the trip. Brought all these stickers with the QR code of the podcast. You know, you need to stick one up. So made a note to do that the next morning and head towards my campsite to get ready for the hot springs. So I have intentions of just filling up my bike with gas and going to my campsite and enjoying a relaxing time. Instead, I meet a gentleman at the gas station who starts talking with me about my bike and ends up being another two hour conversation, just like with Maggie at the, the rest area. I talked with this guy Mike from Minnesota 
forever. He whipped out the maps, you know, of Wyoming. I told him I was going to Wyoming, Montana. He said, oh, I've done all that, you know. Let me show you some awesome roads on the map. So he shows me that. He tells me all about his awesome life and stuff and how he's, you know, basically lived life to the max. But now he has cancer. And he's just... You know, trying to get treatment, but at the same time, just trying to live out his days the re- the best that he can. And, you know, just gives me some kind of great life advice, but also tells me about how he unfortunately got framed for a crime and spent two years in prison for something that he had nothing to do with which is very unfortunate, happens a lot in this country. (coughs) He already served his time and got out, but he's got the Innocence Project working on it, you know, trying to bring the people who locked him up with no evidence to justice, you know? I mean, if you're going to ruin a man's life with no evidence, uh, you know, you deserve to pay the price. So, um, unfortunately, that happened to him. I won't go into any more details about it, out of respect for him, but uh, just incredible story, but ruined my timing for the hot springs, so there's no worries, I just went back to camp and got set for the day, because the next day I was going to unfortunately have to head out, uh, to head north. And really, as every day, every morning on this road trip, just had no idea how I was going about it, what I was going to do. So I woke up the next morning, went and slapped up my sticker at the brewery, and headed towards Glenwood Springs, going to see Todd Ibsen and Emily Ibsen. So uh, awesome people. Todd was my great friend from semester at C, Alex Von Hagen's roommate in college, and like best friend from high school and stuff, just an all-around adventure enthusiast out in Colorado. He's a civil engineer. Um, His wife Emily is a nutritionist, but really their life is revolving around adventures. So they're mountain biking, kayaking, uh, climbing, you know, skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, fat biking, all the things Colorado, that's what they're all about. So I'm headed up to interview them, and I'm trying to figure out a good route, and Todd mentions Black Canyon again. And I had seen a glimpse of it, and it was going to be quite a bit out of the way, I wasn't sure, but I decided to go for it and go drive the whole Black Canyon. I stopped by the National Park. Uh, they wanted like 30 bucks to get in or something. I was just going to go look at the edge. And I was going to go drive this this uh, road on the north side of the canyon anyways, the north rim. So I ended up heading on. You know, long day on the road. Definitely hit some construction a few times, hit some traffic. Took about twice as long as I intended. But beautiful views coming up the Black Canyon and that up uh, through like uh, Peonia, Carbondale, um, and then on up to Glenwood Springs, which I had never really spent any time in, but it is gorgeous. That Glenwood Canyon area is just amazing. 
So made it in time for a mountain bike ride. Todd had planned on going mountain biking with some friends after work. So it worked out. I just hopped right out the van, hopped in the truck with a mountain bike and absolutely died. So uh, not used to elevation yet, even though I had been up here for a few days and quite out of shape, it turns out. So I tried to hang with those Colorado natives on the first part of the uphill, but uh, eventually just wore out and me and Todd had to kind of separate on our own. So we kind of did our own loop. You know, we didn't do the whole mountain like they did with the uphill, but got to do some epic downhill riding on the way back, which was awesome. So that was one thing I felt good about is, you know, I couldn't keep up at all with the locals on the uphill, but I'm, I'm pretty handy with two wheels uh, in speed. So did pretty well on the downhill, was able to ride with those guys, which was great. Got some good dinner and did an interview with Emily and Todd, which was awesome. They have a little rock climbing room in their house. So we are just sitting out there right in front of their rock climbing wall and talked about how they are planning to shoot a documentary this next year, um, just showing how adventure is the cure for grief, basically. So both of them have been through terrible, terrible experiences. Um, Todd, unfortunately, lost his brother Jeff, who was just a fantastic guy. I was fortunate enough to spend a Halloween, like five days or so around Halloween in Boulder, Colorado, with Todd, my buddy Alex, their other roommate Ryan, all just a great group of friends they have, and Todd's brother Jeff, who is a great musician and adventurer himself. Uh, Todd and him were best friends, and they were out in the backcountry doing a little backcountry spring skiing in Colorado. Um, something happened and Jeff, you know, fell, lost his ski, so he wasn't able to stop himself. He had no, no edge to dig into the snow to try to stop himself. And from what I understand, just kind of slid off an icy cliff, uh, really, really badly injured his leg. You know, Todd was able to ski down to him. I think they had one other guy with them. And, you know, they did everything they could, called in a helicopter, life flight helicopter, did everything they could to be the first responder themselves to the injury and, and keep Jeff going. But unfortunately, his bleeding was too bad and he passed in the life flight ride in the helicopter, um, you know, trying to get him out of the mountains there. So... Really tough blow, but Todd has handled it really well, you know, for a while. I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but every year he was putting on a, a charity event for Todd, you know, in his memory. And then he meets Emily, who had recently gone through, not a family member, but uh, um, had to feel like it. I mean, she also had gone on semester at sea this program I've talked about before on the show. Um, she was on Semester at Sea. These people you meet, you, you're traveling the world with them, you're experiencing the best things you've ever done in your life. So they become like family. 
and one of her best friends. I had heard about this incident in the past, and as soon as she said the country, I knew exactly what she was gonna say. So, one of her best friends on the ship, they were in the Dominican Republic. It was their last port. They're about to head home. They're out on a boat, and they get off the boat to swim in the beautiful Caribbean water, and one of the guys on the boat accidentally knocked the boat into reverse, and one of her good friends was in the path of that propeller. So you can imagine how that went and how horrifying that would be to see right there in person happening to someone you love. So she had her own, you know, grief to deal with and they found each other not too long after both these incidents and, you know, kind of bonded over that and so many other things. I mean, they're like the perfect couple for each other, which is awesome. But the next day, you know, Todd said, hey, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could get out on the water the next day. So he had a raft. We, you know, he took a, a little bit of a, a lunch break. We had everything loaded that morning. So, you know, when it was lunch, we headed out. He's right up the road. We tried to do a section of uh, the Glenwood Canyon, the river running through the Glenwood Canyon there called Shoshone. There was rain in the future, so they went ahead and preemptively closed that area, unfortunately, because that was supposed to be the big one. You know, Todd was really excited to take me down it. it was, he said there's like 10 different areas where we might flip out of the raft, but he said it's awesome. Just rapids the whole way down, you know, uh, class four, so just awesome stuff. Uh, which I was a little nervous about. So it kind of worked out that we ended up doing the more chill section, which had a couple rapids in it that were pretty good. But it was, for the most part, pretty chill. I was able to talk with Todd a lot. It had been years since I've seen him. And we had a great time floating down the river. So we got done there. Uh, it's looking like rain. Like I said, Todd had to get back to it. So I headed on to Vail. So a place where I'm more familiar I lived in Vail for a season, I guess it would have been like 2007, 2017, sorry, dating myself, 2017, uh, you know, did a season in Vail, have a lot of friends out there, so it was great to catch up with friends, stopped by and saw my friend Chad Griffin, who my girlfriend always thinks in stories, I had to send her a picture of him to prove that he exists. Because I always tell stories about, about me and Chad. And she always just thinks that it's like my evil alter ego or something like that. Uh, but, you know, caught up with Chad. Went over and caught up with my buddies Josh Wages, Josh Von Holm, Arturo, um, Josh Bradley. Yeah, that's right. Three Joshes living in one house. Kind of ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, had a great time playing cards with them that night and, and uh, catching up. The next day, unfortunately, was basically full of maintenance, you know, cleaning out the inside of the van. I gave the van a wash like the day before. 
uh, had to get all my stuff together, had to edit a podcast, you know, do all these things. So they were headed out for a wedding anyway, so didn't make a huge difference. We were wanting to do a little motorcycle ride, but some rain came in that kind of kind of squashed that. So it's just kind of a good place to regroup in a in a familiar place to be able to head on. And I will stop there for this episode because next week I'm going to be telling you about the epic adventure that Sarah Montgomery and I went on in Glacier National Park in Yellowstone and some stops along the way, on the way to get there. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about the rest of this amazing journey uh it's i've done a lot of international travel and i did a lot of traveling up and down the road as a as a teenager racing motorcycles but this is my first time getting to truly see all the most majestic places in the u.s that i've ever wanted to go so it's been awesome thank you guys for continuing to listen even though it's just me I am hoping to get some interviews going as soon as I get home in a couple weeks. So I've got about two weeks left in the journey, and then I'll be back in Georgia. Unfortunately, it looks like most of my interviews from now on are probably going to be remote outside of Georgia, but I'm going to go back, re-interview all these people, and bring you some more amazing content. So thanks for listening in, and I hope to see you next Thrills Day.